0: Thank you, Marilyn. Good morning. Welcome to First Baptist Church, Sun City West. We're so glad that you're here today. Are you glad you're here? Yeah. Oh, man, I tell you what, this Christmas season always wonderful as we focus upon the fourth Sunday of Advent, our focus on love. So thank you so much for being here. If you're a guest for the very first time, we'd love for you to take the card in the pew in front of you, just fill it out in its entirety. And when you leave today, uh, just stick it in one of the offering boxes in each one of the exits. We would certainly appreciate that. We look forward to a very special service. I hope that you're focused on that. Lots of music. And this morning, we're going to talk about Mary, the mother of Jesus. Very keen insights. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for the opportunity and the time that you've given us to be here today. We're thankful for a season that we can not only enjoy and celebrate, But understand the true meaning your unconditional love shown in the birth of Christ who is our Savior and today we have come to worship and to honor you through him and father as we sing the songs of the faith today as we hear the scripture readings every aspect of our service I pray that we will engage and God we would hear as well as speak That we would listen and lift up our aroma of praise to you. God, I pray that we will respond as you do speak to us through the power of your spirit today. So we come to celebrate, we come to listen, we come to respond and to be changed in this Sunday of Advent. And thank you for your unconditional love. In the name of Jesus we pray, amen.
1: During these past three Sundays, we've focused upon the Advent themes of hope, peace, and joy, all attributes associated with Christ's coming, and all qualities that we can now experience through our life with Him. However, none of these would have been possible apart from love. God's love for us, as demonstrated in the baby that came to be born, on Christmas Day so many years ago. The Gospel writer proclaims, For God so loved he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. As one writer expressed it, love is the greatest of all the virtues on the Advent wreath and encompasses Jesus' entire mission for coming to earth. The apostle John reminds his readers in the first epistle as translated in the New Living Bible this is real love it is not that we loved God but that he loved us and sent his son to be the sacrifice to take away our sins because of that love God through his spirit has reached out to each one of us to draw us to himself because of that love Our lives have been changed. Because of that love, we have a new life and a new future. And because of that love, we recognize our need to demonstrate that love to others. Dear friends, John says, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. As Rich and Dreamer, whether I'll come to light the love candle, hear once more the significance of what God has done. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. candle of love is now lit. May we be the embodiment of that love day by day as expressed to us through Christ Jesus.
2: you to stand and sing with the choir now as we do a medley of some very beloved carols. Hark the Herald Medley. the instruments let's sing that verse to away in a manger again away in a manger.
3: Father, as we come to you this season to celebrate your son's birth, we thank you, Father, that you sent a Savior who would be lost in our sins. So we celebrate that this time of the year. And Lord God, I pray for the service today. I pray that if there's anyone that has not made an acceptance, has not accepted you as Savior, that this will be their day. What a wonderful time of the year to remember that that would be their celebration of their new birth. Thank you, Lord, for everything that you do, for watching over us in danger, for healing us in sickness. So I do pray for this service. In Jesus' precious name.
4: mm
5: church family, it's good to be able to give you an update here around Christmas time. We want to wish, wish you a Merry Christmas. Uh, there is your worshiping this morning. Um, the Millers are doing well here in Thailand. We're going to let our kids say an introduction. Hi,
3: this is Luke, and I've really been enjoying playing the trombone and the oboe this year. Hey, this is Ace, and I'm really enjoying playing soccer this season. Hi, it's Chilly. Last night at
6: my high school event, my date and I got voted king and queen of the dance. Hi, it's Isaac, and something fun this year that happened
5: to me was I got to join varsity swim team. We wanted to let you know uh, a few updates of how things are going here. Our church plant that we're a part of is actually outgrown its current facility. Uh, Our pastor is also graduating from seminary in the spring so that's going to be really I think an exciting um, change for him in the coming year.
2: And we have lots of things happening with the Elm Pregnancy Project. We've done multiple trainings this year for different things, baby care workshop and life in the womb training and um, care team training. One exciting story that we had was um, our team in Bangkok came alongside a young girl who um, heard the gospel, possibly for the first time, and she accepted Christ. And her life has just been changed from the care team members that have come alongside her. Her baby was born this past June mm-hmm. and she and her husband are um, going to church. Just pray that they would raise baby smile to know God.
5: God is good and people are coming to know him and people are being discipled and baptized. We'll be, more, we'll be excited to share more about that with you when we're back this summer. Who do we have here? It's Lottie Moon. Our good friend Lottie. Hey, the namesake of the Lottie Moon Christmas offering, one of the first missionaries of China. Thank you for your giving. So from the Millers here in Thailand,
7: Merry Christmas. We'll
5: see you guys soon.
2: If you've not had opportunity to give toward the Lottie Moon Christmas offering, you'll find the envelopes and the pew racks in front of you there. On the back of the bulletin, you'll see how much we've received thus far toward our goal of (coughs) $22,222.22. So I encourage you to participate in that vital offering. Sing we now of Christmas.
8: Sing we now.
6: Good morning.
4: Good
6: morning. Our scripture reading for this morning is from the book of Luke chapter 1 verses 46 to 55. Historically, these verses have been called Mary's song. And Mary said, "My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my savior." remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. May the Lord add his blessings to this reading of his word, and give us understanding hearts, for these are the words of the Lord.
9: What child is this who? the son of Mary.
0: Thank you, Pat. Dietrich Bonhoeffer stated that Mary's song of praise is the oldest Advent hymn. We think about this fourth Sunday of Advent our focus is on love and I believe with all of my heart that the coming of the Messiah could communicate no greater unconditional love from our Heavenly Father we never want it to become just part of a season just part of a process a tradition a ritual but we enter this season with an understanding of how special and it has to come from our heart it has to come from our soul our preparation and so as we think about the Mary the mother of Jesus I want you to think about what it must have been like for her. A young teenager with so much cast upon her. When we think about that term mother, Charles Swindoll in his classic book, You and Your Child, writes these words. She cooks, she cleans, she comforts, she corrects. She has six pairs of hands and eyes in the back of her head they call her mother for some when we think about the term mother it conjures up this this image of June uh, Cleaver who has beautiful laced apron and pearls and singing lullabies and baking brownies and kissing away her child's tears from some event that happened and there are others that envision an Irma Bombek, one who drives a wood-paneled station wagon and whose hobby is dust. (laughs) Whatever type that conjures up in our mind about the term mother, no one has more influence than a mother. For better or worse, she will forever impact the life of her child or her children. And this morning, I want to speak specifically about Mary, the mother of Jesus, the impact that she had as well. Now, sometimes evangelicals have been reluctant to speak about Mary. Um, she's the victim, I believe, of circumstances that have clouded her real character. The Roman Church has made her the divine queen of heaven. And in the process, virtually canceled her humanity. On the other hand, we have emphasized her humanity to the extent that we almost fear to speak of her concerning God's eternal purpose and her part in that divine plan. Philip Brooks' hymn, O Little Town of Bethlehem, states, The hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. This is even more true of Mary, the mother of our Lord, because our hopes and fears are all reflected in her response to God's gracious act. In that very special time. There are three observations that I would like to make this morning concerning Mary, the mother of Jesus. First. Mary maintains the continuity of God's purposes you know God has always wanted fellowship with us from the very beginning of creation when he created man he he desired that fellowship he wanted that fellowship and man broke that fellowship and through his unconditional love even before the creation of the world he put in place the plan for redemption to bring men and women back into a relationship and a fellowship with him it was through his son Jesus Christ he yearns for that fellowship and we yearn for that fellowship and so we look at the broad picture and see Mary continues on with that continuity of God's purposes the opening chapters of Luke's gospel read like the Old Testament more than the New Testament. And as we read, we are in the midst of of a remnant that represents the very best of the Old Testament. Critical of the Pharisees, we often forget that the best of the Old Testament religion produced a people eager for the coming of the Messiah and the gospel of light. Think for a moment about God's redemptive purpose and how it stirred people through the Old Testament to look forward to the coming of the Messiah. In Genesis 3.15, we remember that God said, in the very first reference to the one who would come to deliver the seed, he said, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring or seed and hers, and he will crush your head and you will strike his heel. That seed that he's talking about, crushing, crushing the head of the serpent, defeating Satan, is the reference to the Messiah, the very first one. We continue on as we look at God's redemptive purpose in history. We come to the place where God called Abraham out of Ur of the Chaldees in Genesis chapter 12 verses 2 and 3 he said I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you and I will make your name great and you will be a blessing and I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you all the peoples on the earth will be blessed through you God is beginning this process of speaking about the Messiah and then calling out his people a nation of priests to focus upon the blessings of God that would come through the Messiah his people were to be those kingdom ex- communicating the light and you will be a blessing to all nations all peoples on the earth we move on through the course of God's redemptive plan in the Old Testament and we come 800 years before the birth of Christ in isaiah chapter 7 and verse 14 he clearly identifies the messiah he adds to and gives understanding of what this is going to be like he said therefore the lord himself will give you a sign the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him emmanuel god's plan continues to be revealed and unpackaged so the people understood not only did God have a people and he had a Messiah who was coming his own son but now the vehicle by which he was going to accomplish that would be a virgin a miraculous movement of God and we turn to Micah chapter 5 and verse 2 he gives the location but you Bethlehem though you are small among the clans of Judah out of you come will come for me one who will be the ruler over Israel whose origins are from old from ancient times and so he has called out the people whereby the Messiah would come the Messiah would be born of a virgin and would be born in a location called Bethlehem the Magi understood and followed the star to that tiny, tiny little town about six miles outside of Jerusalem. In Hosea chapter 11 and verse 1, he says, When Israel was a child, I loved him, and out of Egypt I called my son. Further revelation that at the time of the birth, that the virgin will give birth in Bethlehem, that they would have to flee and they would have to flee to Egypt because the tyrant king was slaughtering every child in the region and then he says but out of Egypt I will call my son he will come and when his public ministry begins God's salvation will be made clear do you see God's redemptive plan through the process all through the Old Testament and understanding that that God had a people set aside for Himself. He gave them understanding and, and statutes and commands and principles by which to live, saying that through that people would come a Messiah born miraculously in a tiny little town by way of a virgin. And then He would have to come every single spot. The prophecies are fulfilled and so when the angel comes upon Mary and says this is exactly what's going to take place she immediately begins the beautiful songs that were written the poetic songs of Mary are alive with scripture and saturated with the Old Testament themes as we've been talking about we find that Mary She focused on the centrality of that very first advent the themes when we look at Luke chapter 1 verses 47 and 48 she says my soul glorifies the Lord my spirit rejoices in God my Savior for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant this is an idea a concept directly related to the Old Testament, of course. Because Christ had not been born. The New Testament had not been written. This was a continuation of the understanding of what God was doing in the midst of his people. In Mary's song of praise, there are reflections from First and 2 Samuel, from Psalms, from Job, from Isaiah, from Genesis, from Genesis and Micah. Also, in her song, she takes up the themes of both sarah the wife of abraham and hannah it's reflective in genesis chapter 21 when sarah found out in her old age that she was going to have a child and she said god has brought me laughter and everyone who hears about this will laugh with me and she added who would have said to abraham that sarah would nurse children yet i have borne him a son in my old age "God has given me laughter, A miraculous event. If you remember Sarah was not young. In First Samuel chapter 2, Hannah prayed when she was barren and God miraculously brought about a child within her Samuel. The, the scripture says, my soul rejoices in the lord in the lord my horn is lifted up my mouth boast over my enemies for i delight in your deliverance there is no one holy like the lord there is no one besides you there is no rock like our god now you begin to understand in this miraculous birth again how god divinely intervened but there was, only, there was only one virgin. It wasn't Sarah. It wasn't Hannah. Even though God divinely touched their lives to bring about miraculous births. But now we begin to understand what Mary is saying. My soul glorifies the Lord. My, my spirit rejoices in God my Savior for he has been mindful of his humble servant. This is an Old Testament theme, an understanding that God is moving mightily. It's a song, a poem that communicates clearly, much like what the psalmist would sing. Additionally, prophecy had stopped with Malachi, but with her song, Mary is involved in its renewal at the birth of Jesus. The prophecies were being fulfilled. Mary seemed to be connected to the house of King David. And I think that shows that she's living proof for God's capacity to sustain his purposes across the course of time and the ages. He maintained his understanding from the very beginning to the very end. And every one of his purposes will be accomplished. And he wants to accomplish them through us. But if we choose not to be obedient, he will still accomplish his purpose we will be the ones that will be the worse off if we don't obey. And so it shows in the scripture, in my observation, that Mary maintains the continuity of God's purpose. She, in her willingness, allowed God to use her in a powerful way to accomplish his purpose that started way back in Genesis and now becomes fulfilled as she cries out to the Lord my second observation is that Mary models the mosaic of human response in other words Mary was real she's not a fictitious character she's not a fantasy she's a real person you know all of us respond differently to God's purposes God has a purpose he says for every one of us he has called us each one of us he has gifted us to accomplish the desires of his heart every single one of us are valued by God Every one of us are seen in such a unique way, but we all respond differently. Mary mirrors our responses. Seven times, Mary speaks in the Gospels, and then there's silence. And it's interesting in those seven statements that she makes and the responses. That she has to the events of what are, is going on it reflects exactly the things we do at various times in our lives and it shows that she's real she's human her first word is a question of confusion you remember the angel was visiting her at Luke chapter 1 and verse 34 and said that this is what God is going to do because you are highly favored She says, How will this be? Or the King James Version says, How shall this be? Since she is a virgin, she is not comprehending. It is confusion. Don't you think that would be confusing? To know something that God is saying for you to accomplish, and yet you say, I don't, it's impossible. And so she raised the first objection to the Incarnation. She said, I, there's no way. There's only one way to have a baby, and that has not been done, period. You ever question anything? You ever get confused when God speaks to you or you're in his word? Does that happen to you? It happens to me. I think wow you know that's that's really intriguing I I don't understand this I can't put it all together you know it's okay to ask those questions before God he's pretty big he created everything he can handle your questions your confusions because he's got a plan and he wants you to be a part of that plan her second word is an affirmation of submission in verse 38 she says well I don't totally understand but I hear what you what you're saying I see the process of what you're saying to me but I want you to know that I am the Lord's servant and so even though she didn't understand even though it didn't seem like a possibility she knew God could do anything she believed that nothing was impossible for God. And so here, this teenager says, I'm the Lord's servant. Whatever the Father wants to do, I'm on board. That is a powerful statement. Those are sometimes responses that we make. There are times that we're confused and we say, wait a second, God, this isn't going to work that way. There are other times when God shares with us through maybe our reading of Scripture or maybe something he has revealed to us that he wants us to do and we we don't totally understand. He says, you know what, God? I I have complete faith in you. And so I'm, I'm at your disposal. Whatever you desire, no matter how hard or how difficult, I'm willing to do that. Her third statement is a word of communication and compassion. As soon as the angel communicated to her what was going to happen and also communicated that her her relative Elizabeth, who was more advanced in age, was going to have a child, the first thing that she did was to visit her relative. Elizabeth, they shared the joy together if you read the scripture that only two women who were pregnant could understand together there was a sense that God was moving in both of their lives another miraculous movement was Elizabeth getting pregnant with John the Baptist and of course Mary I really don't know what all was said But here's what I do know I know Mary was one very tough savvy lady when the the Lord revealed to her in Nazareth what was going to take place she traveled some 90 miles on foot four to five days of a journey to the hills of Judea where Elizabeth was There was such a movement in her heart that she needed to go see Elizabeth. And what's interesting here is that the impact of the incarnation upon Mary was to turn her into a minister, a service to another person. Such an encouragement to each other for three months. They communicated. She helped Elizabeth during those last Elizabeth was already six months pregnant, so she she helped her in all of the different things that had to happen and also taking on that that advice that only a a woman who's had experience can give to a younger woman. Such a valuable time, but ministering one to another. And so here, what we see is the word of communication and compassion. The fourth statement is a word of jubilation. And we see this in what Miss Jenny read this morning. Her song. As you read her song, it is jubilant. It is not downcasting in any way. She literally pours herself into the praise in her song. It's inspirational. As you read through that, as I did again this morning, and as Jenny read during our service, as you read every statement, it inspires. It gives understanding. It helps us to say, God, we want to praise you. And then, We don't hear anything for 12 years. There's 12 years of silence. And then after 12 years, there's the word of consternation. You see, Luke chapter 2, verse 48. Prior to that, they had gone to Jerusalem to worship and with the large group of people heading back home to Nazareth somehow along the way they realized that Jesus wasn't with them so this 12 year old was lost and where was he they found him at the temple with the religious leaders asking questions and giving inspiring answers to the point where the religious leaders said Who is this? Here's what Mary said though. Son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Have any of you ever lost one of your kids when you when they were growing up? How many? Anybody lose your kid? Yeah, okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I lost mine too. I mean, she wasn't far away. I couldn't find her. Man, was I in trouble. <laughs> Haven't lost any of my grandkids yet, though. But don't you think we would react to the same way? Yeah. Don't you think as a parent that we would say, listen, what, what are you doing? We have been anxious. You, you were supposed to be with your friends. You, we were supposed to be going as a group together, and all of a sudden we find that we can't find you. There was this understanding of, of a parent stressed, anxious completely. What's happened to my child? And Jesus' answer was calm. I was about my father's business. Mary did not always understand the purposes of the one who had grown beneath her heart, the one that she carried for nine months and that she was raising. There are those kinds of responses there are sometimes when we don't completely understand what God desires of us. And sometimes we get upset about things. Sometimes we say things that maybe we shouldn't. Mary was human. That response is some of the responses that we get or that we give but I believe that God continued to reveal things to Mary as time went on and then there's another period of extended silence I'm thinking maybe around 18 years and we find the sixth statement that is made it comes out of John chapter 2 and verse 3 they're at a wedding and then the third day of a wedding man I couldn't hardly handle one day of a wedding with my daughters I can't imagine three days but Mary turns to Jesus and Jesus's disciples were invited to the wedding as well and she said they have no more wine it was a word of intercession in other words she was looking to Jesus to do something about this you see she recognized in him the one who could redeem any situation. And finally, her seventh statement was a word of commendation. In verse 5 of John 2, Jesus had said, "Why why are you involving me in this? It's not my time yet." And then she turns to the host and says, do whatever he tells you to do. Why did she do that? Because she is the one who presents him, Jesus, on the occasion of his first demonstration of his supernatural authority. He performed his first miracle there. And she knew he would take care of things. Now I frankly don't understand all that she saw in those first 30 years when she raised Jesus. She saw him grow. But through the process and God's continual revelation to her, what we did see is that she knew that he would be the one to take care of the situation and redeem it. A mother would do that what I see here in these seven statements I see the different responses to different situations that not only a mother but what each of us would have when God puts us in circumstances or situations and it tells me Mary is human and she she just communicates what is on her heart but through the process there is this continual obedience I am the Lord's servant whatever God wants done and my question to you is is that where you are no matter what responses that we have no matter what frailties we have at the end of the day are we still the Lord's servants saying whatever God wants? Because He's the one that can do the impossible. He's the one that can take care and redeem any situation that I might find myself in. I think she she mirrors our response as well. My third observation very quickly is that Mary manifests the fragility of God's people. As we look at her life, we know that Mary was not only an obedient woman, she's not only a sorrowing mother, but she's also one who does not completely understand God's purposes. She's one who intervenes when maybe she ought to keep silent. She interferes and tries to thwart the purposes of God. And we find that she please the ties of the motherly affection when she should lean on faith. In essence, she is just like we are. We're not only faithful, but sometimes we're faithless. We're obedient, we're interfering, we're perceptive, we're opaque, we're faithful, we're contradictory. In our life as we live in our spiritual realm, these are the kinds of things and responses that we have when we find that Mary was the same way and yet God used her in a powerful way just like he can use you and me. Mary confesses she's not worthy to be chosen by God, and that's not false humility. It is the truth of every single human being's situation before God. You see, Mary is inspiration and encouragement that people just like you and me can be used for God's purposes even in the midst of our imperfections. God chose her. God can work through us. Of all the mothers who have ever lived and died, Mary's the most famous of all. And what makes her famous? Well, it's the simple fact that she believed in God and she followed God's plan for her life. Sounds pretty simple, doesn't it? Listen, the best life that you can ever have on this earth and in this season of your life is the life that God has planned for you. Because that life is God's will for you. God has a plan and a purpose for every person and for every stage of life. I love Mark Lowry's song entitled Mary don't you know didn't you know the third stanza says this the blind will see the deaf will hear the dead will live again the lame will leap the dumb will speak the praises of the lamb Mary did you know your baby boy is the Lord of creation Mary did you know that your baby boy would one day rule the nations Did you know that your baby boy is heaven's perfect lamb? This sleeping child you're holding is the great I Am. Mary, did you know? There was a lot Mary didn't know. But this is what I know Mary knew. She said in verse 38, I am the Lord's servant. My question to you is, will you choose to be the Lord's servant no matter what he says or speaks his purpose to you, for you? Will you say, I am the Lord's servant. Whatever the Father wants to do, I will be obedient. Father, as we go into our time of invitation, we reflect upon Mary. and most of us can't even comprehend what she went through and yet the example leads us to a question of would we be as faithful and i pray this morning in this invitation that those today that do not have a personal relationship you with you would be and have a desire to be faithful and to accept your son jesus because you desire that renewed fellowship through christ for those here today that know jesus i pray we will choose to be your servant no matter what you desire us to do no matter what stage of our life that god we would be obedient father in this time of invitation help us not only to have heard to listen but god i pray we would respond As an act of worship to what your word has said today in jesus name we pray amen please stand with me and let's sing our invitation come as god leads you to come for whatever decision he desires go ahead and be seated if you would and I know Nancy's gonna talk about this but I want to give my personal challenge to you to be here this afternoon at four o'clock this choir has gone through so many rehearsals but so many obstacles with illness and whatnot and man I tell you what they are great and they're going to uh, their presentation this afternoon is going to be inspirational and encouraging because coming from the heart and the message is crystal clear. So please, come this afternoon at 4 o'clock. Be willing to stay for the reception afterwards because uh, we are looking forward to the message that each and every one of you have. Okay? All right? You willing to come? Bring a friend. Bring a friend. And uh, <clears throat> this next weekend, a lot of very special things happening. And Nancy will tell you all about.
2: First I want to draw attention to the beautiful flowers that are on the altar table. Those are provided by Dr. Scott and Trudy Williamson, who on Tuesday will be celebrating 58 years of marriage. Thank you, they're beautiful. Can you leave them there through tonight? Thank you. (laughs) That was a side note. Yes, I hope that you will plan to come this afternoon. We have felt your prayers this week. Excuse me. I know you've been praying because Satan has been alive and well. But keep praying and God will be victorious. On the back of your bulletin, you will see some information that I want to draw your attention to. The Christmas Eve candlelight service is this next Saturday at 4 p.m. And then Christmas morning service at 10.30 as you've read in the e-blast and other places, there will not be a Bible study next Sunday morning, but we will come together at 10.30 to worship together. And then the men's breakfast on Tuesday, January 3rd, because of some closures in our office so that the staff can enjoy some time away for the holidays, we need you to sign up. So their sign-up sheets are in both lobbies, and you'll see who the guest speaker is going to be. Also, the end-of-year giving End of year donations, you'll read about that on the back of the bulletin, and I encourage you to take note of that if you need to be able to draw, uh, take advantage of tax information for the year 2022. Just one thing for December, mac and cheese and packaged dinners. This is a time when children are going to be out of school, many of whom get lunches and even breakfast when they go to school, but now that they're home, it would be good for us to provide some food so that they won't go hungry during these times i would ask that you stand if you would and joel macle is going to come and lead us in our closing prayer
7: let's pray in closing our service today eternal god our everlasting father we approach your throne of grace with great joy because of your great love in sending Christ so many Christmases ago, making our forgiveness possible through faith in the offering on his cross. In this special season, may the indwelling Christ fill each one of us with his love, peace, and joy, so the world may see the beauty of his majestic character in each one of us. And may we seek to share not only the truth of our hope, but demonstrate acts of kindness, love, and generosity to those who are in need. We pray, Father, that you would grant speedy healing to those in our congregation suffering from illness or injury. And Father, grant us to have bifocal vision to see and to feel. Not only the suffering and the needs near to us, but also in those distant lands where war and death prevail. Give us compassionate and praying hearts, we pray, in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.